Welcome to the special bulletin review sponsored by Aptio. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. My guests today are Nick Rowan, the Cloud Director for Public Sector at Aptio, and Megan Zakora, a Customer Success Advisor also at Aptio. Nick, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Let me set just a little bit of context for our discussion. Agencies have been on this journey to put more applications and workloads in the cloud for more than a decade now. As you all probably remember, it started with Cloud First. We, we evolved to Cloud Smart. And now the next phase of this journey is really understanding the true cost of those cloud services. Agencies must decide based on data and metrics which applications make the most sense to move to a cloud provider, as well as whether to modernize it or just start them over. FEMA, just as one example, is using a cloud broker approach for many of its enterprise services. The agency believes it can save up to 30 to 40% of what it's spending now on similar services by moving those applications to the cloud. Other agencies also recognize the benefits of cloud services around scale, flexibility, and of course, we have to mention security. There's a lot of factors to consider as agencies move further down this journey into the cloud, and that's where our guests come in to help us understand some of those considerations and why those discussions about moving more applications and workloads into the cloud need to be include more than just agency chief information officers. So once again, I'm joined by Nick Rowan, the Cloud Director for Public Sector at Aptio, and Megan Sakura, a Customer Success Advisor also at Aptio. Megan, I'm going to start with you on, on this question because I think it's important to understand the, the idea of managing the workloads in the cloud. You're moving more, agencies are moving more in there. What are some of those considerations? What are you starting to see about how they're able to, to, to get the most out of that management of workloads in the cloud? Sure, absolutely. So there are many challenges that are unique to the federal sector that differ from the private sector. Uh, one of the things that we see when people are managing workloads to the cloud that they come to us and ask us about is really focusing on colors of money. We always hear that term, essentially the different fiscal years, different appropriations. It really produces a challenge for utilizing cloud. Now with Vitaro, we've really seen a push towards working capital funds. And um, this really helps us with like the sharing of reserved instances to achieve economies of scale, for instance, or savings plans. And they're able to do a showback chargeback. However, if you have different appropriations that you're using for something very specific, CIOs really tend to wor worry about the Anti-Deficiency Act violations. We also see some challenges in managing the workload when it comes to federal procurement. Cloud technology and terminology doesn't really tie cleanly back to legacy procurement processes. So it's really been a paradigm shift for the CIO shop working with the procurement shop. And the whole idea of this pay-as-you-go, this variable cloud instance, is really different for a contracting officer. Back in my time in the federal agencies, I definitely worked with a lot of contracting officers focusing on firm fixed price, and that doesn't necessarily work in the cloud. So, so we see a lot of education happening with procurement. But we have a lot of initiatives, like you had mentioned earlier. Cloud Smart is making a lot of these practices easier. We're also seeing places like GSA who are working to help in the aid of buying cloud with their new creation of the Ascend VPA, which covers a multitude of cloud services. But I actually wanted to hand it over to Nick for the next part to really talk about how public sector is really managing those workloads. Yeah, thanks, Megan. And you know, one of the key things that's really important here when we talk about you know the uh, interaction between DevSecOps and finance is fitting within the existing financial kind of processes and, and, and kind of the difference between traditional IT financial processes and uh, cloud financial management processes is, is more of a time scale. So if you think about the typical fiscal activities, it's a monthly exercise to kind of tie out. It's a quarterly exercise to do any sort of um, true ups 
And it's a yearly budgeting cycle uh, so far as three to five years on the federal government. Cloud costs themselves are incurred hourly, daily, weekly. <laughs> so one of the key things is shifting those existing processes to help support getting the information to the DevSecOps teams and the application owners that are managing these workloads today and helping provide that transparent picture back to the executive leaders um, on a, on a month-end financial process so that folks really understand where costs are being incurred or if there's any course correction that needs to be taken to support the footprint that you have today. A couple of things I want to go to back to, something that Megan said. Megan, I, th- I think the part of color of money is a really important piece that i like just to hammer home a little bit. I- agencies, the struggle comes when agencies have one-year money that expires and cloud is not a one-year thing. You don't just go to the cloud in and, and that one year and then you hope for the best. How are they balancing out that that color of money challenge? Working capital funds, is, as you mentioned, is one way. Are you starting to see other approaches to, to trying to find that right balance? So we are seeing a lot of agencies move towards a working capital fund as the main strategy to trying to overcome some of these problems. But for folks who are still using particular appropriations because they can't move out of that, it might be that it's a new initiative um, and it has a very specific mandate associated with it. What we see is they start employing various different FinOps and TBM practices in order to help maintain and show back to the agency what they are actually spending on that particular product or software. So employing these practices has been essential in achieving a good chargeback without having to go over cost for a lot of these cloud implementations. That challenge of not going over costs, I know I hear a lot of that from CIOs is that they have some sort of meter where they get an alert if they're getting close to costs because of the Anti-Deficiency Act, as you mentioned, they're very afraid of, of, of violating that. Is that something where uh, something like TBM or FinOps can kind of help them understand what their cost is on a more regular basis? Even, you know, okay, if we scale, if we have a surge, if we have an emergency, w- w- it, it will give us that kind of insights in terms of what it may look like or what we can afford? Absolutely. So automating the process and utilizing a tool such as Aptio really helps with these challenges. You know, when I worked in the federal government, the biggest view that a CIO or an ACIO had was once my money's obligated, it's gone. And I don't want to go over it. But that really creates a disconnect between the expenditures. And if we start ignoring what our cloud costs are, as Nick has mentioned, they are they could change hourly. We could see spikes happen without knowing they're occurring until the following month. And by then it's too late. We're already over budget. We have to recoup those costs. So by having a really good FinOps practice in place and being able to monitor this stuff on an hourly basis and having alerts that could set up if we see unknown spikes or anomalies in the detection of our cloud, it really helps agencies to be able to pay for cloud and not have to struggle to pay with it or have to do unnecessary trade-offs, which honestly creates mistrust with the business unit. I always say that the biggest strength of any one person is also their biggest weakness. It's the same thing with cloud. The variability of the cost of cloud is its biggest strength and why people really like using it. But if you don't have good oversight, it's also its biggest weakness. And it leads to a lack of transparency. So business units really can't make any difference to the cloud if they don't know what levers they can pull because they don't have any insight into that spend. Nick, come back into the conversation for a minute, because I also want to go back over something you said, which is that budget cycle, that challenge of the planning and understanding that this has got to be a monthly, quarterly exercise up to the the CXO community, whether it's the CFO or mission owners. 
but maybe the CIO's office or the mission owner's office has got to understand what's happening more often, you know, whether it's the folks in the DevSecOps or whomever. How does that work? And, and, and you know, is, is monthly, quarterly exercise even enough? Do they have to know more often, mm-hmm. you know, weekly basis or daily basis? Yeah, yeah. And that's actually one of the, so I, I came over to um, the public sector business after we acquired Quadability and helped onboard the Quadability customers, which is Cloud Financial Management, which is the, you know, where FinOps really came from. Um, the key really is on building a program that supports, you know, a shared services model. So you've got a safe and secure spot to land for all those common elements that you're managing today. And if you have your cloud center of excellence, it's managing that footprint and the majority of those kind of contracts that you have with your cloud service providers and other vendors, you're basically taking over a lot of the um, things that everyone's using that have a little bit more of a, a, um, a linear cost basis associated to them. When we move out to the application portfolio owners or the BUs, I think I've heard a couple of sessions uh, here also speaking to this, is how to hold them accountable for the things that they're managing today. And the only way to do that is to actually provide them the information to understand where things are costing, where decisions are being made, and uh, you know the outcome is not the same as what was expected. Uh, so that's a budget variance exercise that can happen on a... Um, you know, on a weekly, monthly basis. And then finally, alerting, right? So using systems that show you when spikes come, getting it to the right person so they can make a decision that day and not in a week or in a month when your cloud service provider calls you and reminds you that it happened on the, on the 12th, you know? So that's really the connected tissue that helps support these conversations where the trust resides within the cloud center of excellence and a lot more accountability sits there to own all of it. And then kind of uh, informing and educating the application owners and DevSecOps teams to kind of get the information to them so they can manage what they have today. So this idea of a chargeback model came up earlier in our conversation. And I want to go down that path maybe a little bit because I think that's one of the hardest discussions that, that agency CIOs tend to have is mm-hmm. bringing in the mission owners, bringing in the CFO and understanding, okay, what's this really costing each mission owner, each workload or each application Maybe what are some of the things that you're seeing that works well? What are some of those, we'll call them best practices, whether Nick or Megan, whoever wants to jump in there? Yeah, I can jump in real quick on this one, Megan, and you can follow up with uh, any, anything else that you might be missing. But, but in reality, that shared service model has a little bit more of a, 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 an understood chargeback model. So if you look at an application portfolio um, where they're a customer of ECMA with Paul Puckett over at Army, right? So you'll see... They've got a bill that they get from ECMA, and that's you know kind of the, the budget that they're managing to. There's a baseline associated to that. It's a little bit more um, linear in kind of cost incurred. Now, the place where the challenge resides is if you're working with any of the corporate financial platforms, um, you know, like Workday or any of the ERP systems. You know, there's other costs that come in supporting that application on web front end, on vendors supporting that system, on the innovation within that system. So there's a separation that occurs there that allows the variability to sit more on the business side, customer facing side, which has a little bit more buffer, which is why working capital fund is leveraged there. Um, and then for the core services, shared services that are being incurred, you know, those uh, agreements have been made. There's a lot of, um, you know, kind of linearity in that, in that data. And um, you're able to kind of separate those two out. So it's kind of the bill back to shared services and then kind of some of the other stuff that we own is where the separation kind of occurs for chargeback. 
Yeah, so to follow on what Nick said, uh, what we really see most of, in most effective agencies are the ones that are utilizing technology business management to look at the total cost of ownership for cloud. So it's not just your cloud bill. It's not just what you receive from AWS or Azure. There are a lot of other costs that go behind that. And having a defined chargeback or showback process is instrumental to any agency to be able to recoup the cloud costs without going over or undercharging folks. What we see is an automation of this is really essential for cloud financial management. It also honestly leads to a better, better defined governance structure. We know that a lot of agencies get a little hesitant around this and saying, I don't want to automate just yet. My data is not perfect. I'm still working on my cloud tagging governance. But the thing is, is that automation of your tool can honestly help with this. And if you're constantly overspending, you're just never going to get there because you're never going to have the funds to actually automate the process. Um, so we find that agencies who deploy a tool uh, to automate this process, they move along a lot faster, even in their cloud tagging process. And you had mentioned earlier about best practices, Jason. So there's a lot of really great materials that are out there that have been put out by the federal government. GSA, for existence, you know, released their cloud tagging strategy. And I really wanted to focus on this a little bit because the first process, they have a five-step process. The first one is around establishing your goals. Whenever you're implementing a TBM or a FinOps process, you need to be knowing why you're doing it. You're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. There has to be an end goal in mind. So what we see with a lot of these agencies who have really been able to push this forward is they have use cases identified before they start even going into these processes. So whether it's to save money, find anomalies, whether it's just to do a chargeback to the business units, they really do focus on what are the KPIs so that they can also show their progress along the way. And it also helps the end business unit really understand what they're doing in the cloud. Um, understanding that total cost of ownership will help them realize not only what they can do on that variability of cloud costs, but what else goes into it. I always find that whenever I did the budget process in the federal government, people always skipped over something and it tended to be security. Security was just this oversight type thing and nobody knew what to do with it, but it's good to know how much of that money goes towards your specific application. It might be more, it might be less. Um, but understanding that what your direct and indirect costs are and getting a monthly bill, or as Nick had mentioned, understanding when a spike happens, when it happens, as opposed to the end of the month, is really essential for a good cloud program. Megan, it sounds like you had all the fun jobs in government, the budget process that always, uh, I, I know, is a, a exciting time. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. You're listening to the special bulletin review, Managing Cloud Services, Measuring Their Value, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. Two-thirds of federal agencies have begun using the cloud for mission-critical applications. Budget optimization has become central to federal cloud investments. Do you have visibility into current cloud spend? How do you allocate cloud costs and track ongoing spend against budgets and forecasts? Are you being notified of unexpected changes in spending? Say yes with Aptio Cloudability. Accelerate your cloud initiatives, promote fiscal confidence, and get the most out of your cloud. Bring financial accountability to the cloud with Aptio Cloudability. Check out aptio.com cloudability to learn more. Welcome back. You're listening to the special bulletin review, Managing Cloud Services, Measuring Their Value, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests here are Nick Rowan, the Cloud Director for Public Sector at Aptio, and Megan Sakura, a Customer Success Advisor also at Aptio. Uh, Nick, Megan, before break, we're talking about this idea of measuring costs and understanding colors of money. And Megan, you brought up one of my favorite topics, technology, business management, TBM. 
It's something that agencies have been working on for the better part of uh, six, seven years now. Uh, they have a big deadline coming up. I think this year was in their budget cycle. I, I don't know how many people, how many of the agencies actually made it. But let's start with why is TBM important? Why are we talking about it? And, and how does that kind of fit into this broader discussion about managing and measuring cloud costs? Absolutely. So IT spend has always been huge in the federal government. It's been reported through CIPIC for a number of years, but there was the realization that something needed to change. We were basically reporting IT spend based on the way that IT used to be done through projects. And people are moving away from projects. We're looking at things of a total cost of service, or if it's a more agile lean portfolio management approach, maybe it's a product line that we need to cost out. So with the shift of the federal government moving towards TBM, a lot of folks are taking it beyond the mandate, especially since the pandemic. We've seen a lot of agencies really pick up on this and starting to see the value of what TBM is really about. It's not an OMB mandate. There is value conversations to be had with the business owners. And so we're seeing a big push from agencies to start implementing stuff, um, whether it's through an automated tool or even through just changing their processes internally to have the value conversations with their business units. And what it allows them to do is actually have that data-driven decision as opposed to a feeling. I've definitely been stuck in a lot of governance committee rooms before where a lot of things were said, I feel like something is too expensive or I feel like this project is going to fail. A lot of things started with that, I feel. And so what we're seeing with TBM here is a really a big shift moving away from that and being able to allocate costs and being able to replicate that. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a new agency where we needed to replicate a cost that was come up with three years ago that then was then reported by Congress and we had no idea where it came from. So it may have been that, like I talked about before, security costs were left out or there was an essential piece of infrastructure um, or it was even just the bodies that you have um, internal FTE supporting a project. So TBM really has allowed people to see what is not just hidden IT costs, but understanding how all IT costs attribute to and towards a mission. What's important there that we should just maybe underline a couple of times is the entire cost of IT, because so many times agencies have always gotten that bad reputation of, well, of course it's cheaper for them because I remember back in the mid 2000s, we could talk about A76 and competitive sourcing. I don't want to go down there and hurt people's heads too much, but that was always, well, they don't pay for rent or they don't pay for, they don't, they don't bring in that idea of what does your rent cost or your lights or your electricity. So uh, I, I think that's something that agencies are starting to, to understand, especially as they're moving with that colors of money. Uh, Nick, from your perspective, uh, what are some of those things that agencies consider? You know, are there some good standards they should pay attention to? Are there yeah. things around FinOps that they, another new term that we're hearing a lot about? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, TBM and FinOps are very complementary, right? So if you think about the total cost of IT, cloud is one of the services that is being provided and being consumed within every single IT budget. We're also seeing the cloud budget itself go from you know 0.5% uh, in some departments and agencies all the way up to 14 to 50%, right? So if you can imagine the total cost of IT and half of its cloud, that's where all the bells are ringing and folks are asking new questions about, okay, how do I control this? How do I manage it? What, how does it come in and, and, and what can I do? And I think one of the key things that um, we've seen, uh, you know, with, with FinOps is, you know, it's a community style effort uh, that brings practitioners, vendors, industry SMEs um, to collaborate together on standard practices to help support, you know, the GSA and OMB and where people are trying to help support 
you know, the data that's being provided around cloud and, and how to get there. Uh, Megan just talked about, you know, a tagging strategy. Tagging strategy is one part of that, right? So we've got folks like Melvin Brown at OPM helping write a government playbook, which has been published. Version one was published uh, a couple months ago here. Uh, and, and what it does is it really, it's it's a playbook that helps folks get their arms around who needs to be in place, what executive support do we need uh, to run this program and kind of what are we going to do while we're here, right? So the playbook has all those answers around laying the groundwork for the organization, socializing FinOps, right? And there's education that's available. This government playbook is published. You can go read it if you want to learn more about how cloud costs are incurred and how finance and DevSecOps work together. Um, and then really, you know, preparing the or preparing the data itself. So we talked a little bit about this during the chargeback discussion on how it gets to the month end, you know, bill or what the dev teams are looking at as it relates to the costs that are being incurred and alerts that they want to put in place with the data, right? So that's where reports and dashboards are really uh, important to help bubble that information out and give folks access to that information and, and make sure that these processes tie together, right? So forecasting your operational plan versus the forecasts that are of the financials associated to that need to tie together. So that's where the Cloud Center of Excellence your IRM teams need to get together and make sure that everyone's talking about the same thing during the forecasting cycle. And then what's really good about FinOps is, you know, it's not, they're not done with the government playbook, right? The next iteration of it, uh, they're working with, you know, partners and, and, and SMEs um, to, to understand what forecasting cloud costs look like, right? So that's active work going on right now through the work group. There's a few, I think there's like 60 people in the group right now and it continues to grow. Um, with that input from each of the different areas, uh, we help kind of bring all the information that folks are trying to solve for, including forecasts coming out. Um, and then finally, it's the, the total cost of cloud, right? Megan was mentioning TCO, you know, making sure that everyone really understands, you know, it's not just your cloud bill, right? It is multi-cloud. You've got on-premise containers. You've got all the things that you're managing today that are virtualized that need to kind of come together in one house to talk about what is the total cost of the things that you are basically running your application. Uh, including people, right? So that's really where Optio steps in to help is the automation of bringing that data in, helping tie those costs outside of your cloud bill together um, and bringing that same FinOps. Our, our product was built off of FinOps. So the same things that you're seeing in the government playbook are exactly how the dashboards and reports work on the back end, including things like business mapping that helps support you know the data layers that we're, we're managing today. So the complementary nature of the two helps folks you know have a, a level knowledge base of how they can work best together. And then when it's applied is how you kind of deal with any of the nuances related to, you know, any existing processes or controls that need to be facilitated. And you can help focus on those instead of the things that are already relatively tried and true through through TBM and FinOps. And Nick, we'll make sure we link to that government playbook you mentioned uh, on federalnewsnetwork.com, make it easy for folks to find. The other piece of this that I think is really important and you brought up is you're going to have the right people at the table. And we've heard that time and again over the years about technology. It's not technology for the technology's sake. It's an enabler. But when you're talking about costs, you're talking about where those costs go and and how they're allocated, are the CFOs or the mission owners, do they understand that they need to be part of that conversation? Or is that something that's the next step, meaning... It, it, there's a little bit of a, oh, here it comes, I know you're waiting for it, culture change that has to happen there to get is, them yeah. to, to really say, why, why, do, why do I need to be here? Yeah, just uh, r- real quick, when we start talking about TBM and the executive reports that are being released uh, as it relates to budget variance and, and managing uh, the footprint, um, 
you know, the office of the CIO, you know, in a large department wants to see kind of their version of it. And there needs to be some synergy around how everyone else is seeing it. So we're actually seeing a natural evolution of people wanting to expand that centralized dashboard and centralized reporting structure for finances that helps influence them to want to understand. But we had a uh, public sector summit here a couple of weeks ago where we had, um, you know, our friends from FinOps up on stage talking about FinOps and the government playbook. And one of our senior leaders who runs a TBM office uh, for one of our customers came out of the room saying, I didn't, I never knew what FinOps was and it is creeping on my budget and I need to figure it out and we need to figure it out. Who can I talk to? So we got them aligned with all the folks that are already doing this uh, in some of the areas of some of our other customers. And we're helping them to kind of share knowledge, share their experiences to bring this information together. So the cultural shift, you know, once the financials get up to a little bit of a threshold, it starts getting forced. Um, but at the same time, folks are interested to learn more. Um, everyone has had their job for a long time and we keep on trying to teach everyone new things. This is a way to learn without, you know, a lot of barriers, uh, uh, you know, yeah, so I actually want to add on to something that Nick said here. Um, you know, FinOps is the new big thing coming down the pike. So everybody's like, oh, I guess TBM's of, of the past. It's not, right? TBM and FinOps go hand in hand. And a lot of times they are separate offices, but might work in conjunction with each other. And so a lot of questions that we get, or, you know, I get as an advisor is, how do I set up this office? How would I set up a FinOps practice? Who needs to be part of it? And the idea here is, is that it's probably not going to be the people who are actually running the cloud. It actually has to be someone who understands the financial piece to it and can actually bridge the gap between the two. What we find is that a lot of folks set, tend to put it into their technical area and then they just miss the mark because they don't have anybody who has the financial knowledge to understand how all of that works. And then like you had mentioned, Jason, the CFO does need to be involved. What we see a lot when people are implementing a TBM practice is people try to take it to the CFO late in the game and they say, why are you doing, why are you stepping on my toes? Why are you doing finance? We do finance. We do like, this is our job. You don't need that. And they just want to cut the budget right away, right? <laughs> because they see that it's costing something. But essentially TBM is the marriage between technology and finance. It's bringing financial data and linking it with non-financial data. So infrastructure, storage, people, all of that, linking it together to get that total cost. FinOps is very, very similar in understanding how the cloud costs are coming in. So you do have to have a bit of cloud knowledge and there's a lot of really great certifications out there that AWS and Azure all have it for free. So you can just go out there and get them. Understanding just that basic part of it is all you practically need. And then having that financial aspect and bringing those FinOps people into the conversation with your DevSecOps folks, not to make an even longer acronym, but having finance involved in those conversations is essential. And it's not, a lot of people see it as, um, I used to come walking down the hallway and they're like, oh, here comes Megan. She's going to cut my budget run, you know, and, and that's not the case, right? The whole idea here in a FinOps practice is to um, work from an agile perspective, lean portfolio management. It's just guardrails. Like you guys go and do what you need to do, but I just need you to stay in this lane, right? Don't go over it. Don't start pulling money from somewhere else. It's really just about establishing guardrails and having the conversation. And if something needs to change, great. We can make that decision based on trade-offs because we have the data. So these are like some of the things that we're starting to see in both TBM and FinOps practices as they come you know, to fruition at agencies. Megan, I think that's wonderful advice. And, and that's where we're going to end it on, unfortunately, because we are out of time for today. Let me thank my guests. Nick Rowan is the Cloud Director for Public Sector at Aptio. And Megan Secor is the Customer Success Advisor also at Aptio. Megan, Nick, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. 
I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the special bulletin review, Managing Cloud Services, Measuring Their Value, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Aptio. Thank you for listening to the special bulletin review sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network.